Welcome to the LaSallian Way Online, a digital series produced by Christian Brothers University's Center for Digital Instruction in Memphis, Tennessee. In each episode, we focus on topics in online education and approach them from the LaSallian tradition. St. John Baptist de La Salle created a culture of student-centered teaching and learning focused on transforming the whole person. We aspire to follow the LaSallian way online. Welcome to our inaugural episode for Christian Brothers University's LaSallian Way Online. I'm your host for today's show, Dr. Dale Hale. I'm also the director of CBU's Center for Digital Instruction, or as you'll hear us refer to it often, CDI. My co-host for today is my colleague, Dr. Lorene Kelly, CBU's online student success specialist. Today we'll be discussing what it means to be LaSallian online with CBU's Dr. Emily Holmes, Associate Professor of Religion and Philosophy, and Dr. Tom Anthony Trimboli, Associate Professor of Chemistry. So thank you all for joining us. I'm excited about the discussion we are embarking on today and the journey we believe this show will take us all on because it's about the larger question. Can we be LaSallian educators in an online environment? Emily and Anthony, let's let's start with the work you both are doing on really defining the LaSallian approach to education and talk about how that fits with how CBU is approaching learning online. So Emily, let's let's start with you. Tell us about the project uh, that you all are working on and what has ultimately ultimately brought us to this point. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, um, Tony and I have been working for the past couple of years on a document on transformational learning at CBU, and um, and hopefully it will be published soon. But this grew out of the strategic plan for the university, and it's an attempt to describe and identify and give examples of LaSallean pedagogy as it is being practiced and implemented at the university. And so in it, we um, we talk about the LaSallean values, faith in the presence of God, inclusive community, respect for all persons, concern for the poor and social justice, and of course, quality education. And I think it's in those values of quality education that online learning is, is especially relevant, as well as inclusive community, right? Because that's possible to make a more inclusive community through online education. And um, even things like respect for all persons and concern for social justice, those values can be implemented in the online environment. So can you all just, um, give a, a short history or a short understanding for those of us that may not know what uh, John Baptiste de La Salle was about. Can just give us a little encapsulation of that? Well, I think um, I'll step in here. I think what we were wanted to do with the um, the framework that we were trying to provide, especially for maybe new educators folks who are coming to CBU and may not be completely familiar with uh, the uh, the mission of the Institute and uh, the, the relevance of the founding. When you look back to 300 plus years ago when the uh, Brothers of the Christian Schools were founded, 
it was to fill the gap in access. Um, traditionally, schools were for the elites. They were for the people with means. And at that time, 300 plus years ago, that meant the upper class. Um, we sort have we have seen the same thread, the same parallels today, where access to education really is one of the most important um, dividers um, between uh, the haves and the have-nots in society. And we truly think that a education can be transformational. And B, what we were trying to do in the document is not to explain the what we do and the how we do it, even though that's a, a large part of uh, the document, providing examples of uh, transformational learning on our campus. But really, why? Why is it that we are uh, at CBU? Why is it that we are um, here, right, serving? our specific population of students. And it really um, came to light as um, someone new to online education, that those same questions uh, are there uh, from an educator's perspective about how we do the same thing in an online uh, environment. Yeah, Tony, I think it was, um... You know, I had uh, I had seen the document that you were working on. Emily shared that with me, and and it's it, I was fairly new to CBU, and so it was really it was really wonderful to see this approach and this kind of undergirding to to how um, professors at CBU are to really think about um, walking with and working with their students. And I know it really has been um, when I was brought in with online part of. Uh, really what Dale was looking at, but I think until you you took the online faculty training with CDI um, and really came to us and said, hey, I, I see a lot of connections here uh, and it and it really kind of made all the kind of bells and, and lights go off uh, for us. So tell us what specifically as you were as you were in online faculty training where you started thinking. I, I, you, you were working in this work, so I know it was in your mind and on your and in your heart. So, um, how did how did you make that connection? Well, for me, it was, and this goes back years. I think I've, I've said this uh, in in passing. Was I was always wary. I I was always nervous and scared about can we um, create the necessary relationships with students? And that is, if you're going to boil down. Um, out the Lasallian approach to education. It's the relational aspect between uh, teachers and students, and even between uh, students and students, right? Building that trust, building the ability for the students to um, trust that the educator has their best interest in, at heart and to lead to a much more fulfilling experience in the classroom. And I honestly did not know how to do that or if it could be done online. I just didn't think that there was a way to um, prove, you know, um, just staring at a computer screen. Could you truly reach and, uh, as we like to say, touch the hearts of students? And that's the one thing I saw in the OFT very early on is the approach to building social presence 
I think was absolutely critical. And I think it's probably the thing that is missing in most online classes. And I think it's the thing that most people probably struggle with. Yeah, I so, here. I just, I agree with yeah, that. Please. I have this kind of skepticism, uh, but so much of LaSallean teaching is about creating a community yeah, whether it's in person in the classroom or in, in the online classroom, I think that can be done where you create a community of, of inquiry where the teacher and the students are engaged in a, a shared project of constructing knowledge, right? And, and LaSalle focused on that, how important the community of teachers and learners was. I mean, one of his innovations was to do group instruction, whereas prior to that time in 17th century France, it was only private tutors, right, for the upper class, like one-on-one -on -one instruction. And he said, let's actually get the students together in the classroom and have this community of learners. And that can happen in an online environment. I was skeptical at first, but I've, I've seen it happen in my classes. And, uh, and what Tony said about the social presence, the teaching presence, that is really key, I think, for, for the teacher to be engaged day-to-day -day with the students in this shared community of inquiry. Yeah, I, for both of you, I, I really enjoyed the work that you all did there. The description that, that you gave for, for what um, the traditional method of teaching is today, which is, is the way all of us uh, went through our through our training, I think all four of us here uh, on this call, that's the the teacher standing in front of the classroom, divulging all the information that the student needs to know. And then because they are the they are the the person with all of the content, they they are the content experts. Uh, so that switch from from the from the teacher being the content expert, with which we still expect that to be the case. We want the teacher to be the knowledge person coming into this setting, but there's there's a there's a shift that needs to happen so that the student makes it their own. So can you tell me about how you see the Lasallian model um, moving us into that into that switch because if if you take just the image that you have of of LaSalle with his group of students, we still have that same image, right? We still have the 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 content expert in the front of the classroom telling the students what they need to know. So how do we make that shift then or how did LaSalle make that shift to make it more of a a, a community of inquiry? Uh, either of you, feel free to jump in on that. So I, I don't want to put too much on LaSalle. Um, I mean, he was definitely an innovator, but in our document on transformational learning, we put his his pedagogy, his his theory of teaching in dialogue with uh, with liberation pedagogy from associated with Paulo Freire in Brazil as well as with constructivism more generally. 
And all three, I think we can read together as being critical of that, what's sometimes called the banking model of instruction, which is what you described, Dale, where the, right. the instructor sitting at the front transmits knowledge from their brain to the student's brain, and it's just a, a strict transfer. And, and the thing is, that's not how learning happens. It just doesn't happen that way. But we have for a long time assumed that that's what education is about. So I think when we when we read LaSalle in dialogue with Frere and others, we come to see um, that what really can happen, what's transformational about education is when students and, and teachers together engage in dialogue about a topic, uh, discern their questions, construct, actively construct knowledge. And what, what for me has been so exciting about designing an online course, especially a, an upper level course, is that you can be really intentional about each step of constructing knowledge so that students become active agents and, and actually self-aware of the process yeah. of constructing their own knowledge, that they are not just passively receiving something from the instructor, but they are the ones constructing what they learn and they can, you can even include kind of metacognitive exercises where they look back on what they used to think and see how their learning has grown. So for me, at least it's allowed me to be really um, explicit and intentional about those goals and how I set up assignments. You know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, um, Dale, too, in this, because it is a conversation. We, we definitely have you here as our, our subject matter experts in Lasallian uh, approach. But I, I do think that, um, Dale, as you, as, you, as you read more, as you learn more about LaSalle and all your background of online, um, I guess, how did this, how did this already, um, as, you were, as you were designing this program and setting it up, um, how did you already really have a lot of these concepts in mind? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And so I I had never heard of LaSalle when I was interviewing for this position. Um, and so in my interview, you all know Jack Hargett, who is in my mind is a LaSalle uh, professional. He knows all about LaSalle. So in that in that Second interview, I believe it was, he asked, do, do you know anything about LaSalle? And I said, no, sorry, I don't. And so he, in, in very brief, described LaSalle's approach to making education available to the masses, and in particular, those that were less likely to have access to quality education. And light bulbs went off in my mind. I thought, oh my goodness, and in fact, I said, that is exactly what online learning is about. It's about making education available to those students who wouldn't ordinarily have access to it. Because the, the, the way the current model is, students have to relocate to, well, in this case, they have to relocate to Memphis to be able to take that education, which they may not have the means, the time, the ability, uh, to be able to, to make that happen. So for me, a, a, an online program, especially with a quality institution like CBU, um, makes a, a high quality um, education available to those students who are located from a distance. So uh, in, in my mind, online education has nothing to do or is, is rather agnostic uh, where it comes to 
to race or gender or any of those things that, that tend to separate us when you sit in a physical classroom or can separate us. Uh, and it transcends those barriers and also transcends time. And the second piece that, that has sold me uh, fully for online is, is exactly what you were writing about, the transform, transformational learning in, in contrast to that banking notion that, that you all so well described. So for an online learner, uh, they can take those lessons that they are learning right now and apply them right now, as opposed to having to wait three or four years to a time when they can when they can apply that later. So uh, in in my mind, this whole this whole piece is married together quite nicely uh, in in the online world. Emily, you made mention of inclusivity, and I think um, especially since we've been going through this grand experiment in um, virtual learning, that there have been a lot of articles written about um, the ability for, for online um, to allow people who might be different kind of learners to learn in a different way. Um, and I don't know, Tony and Emily, if any of you have experienced this uh, sometimes with introverts. Uh, you know, I know that in, in class, you know, if you're if you a Uber participator, you're the one that dominates the class. And it's hard as a teacher not to engage those people because they do make it fun for us as professors being in front and someone really participating. Uh, but uh, there's been a lot about introverts being able to really gather their thoughts and participate in discussion groups, even uh, people where English might be a second language if they're taking a, a class that's taught in English to have more time to process. So I don't know if uh, either of you have experienced any of that in your online classes. Well, I think um, this is the first semester that I am teaching a, a fully online class and it's a little, it's much different than uh, my face-to-face -face courses, and particularly because I'm teaching a uh, introductory course, M101. Um, so the, the real focus is trying to get those students set up for success later down the line and really try to keep it applicable, all right, uh, and focused on skills and skill development but like everything else, trying to maximize student engagement is key. And we have all the tricks from a technology perspective that we use in the classroom that may or may not work as well um, in an asynchronous format. When you're in the classroom and it's it's live and it's in real time, there are a whole bunch of different things that I you know can utilize in order to get everyone to be able to participate and even participate um, on their own, uh, you know, silently through just submitting answers uh, using technology. But in a in an asynchronous format, really building truly um, quality questions in discussion spaces is key. And it's still something that I I struggle with trying to find something that may be a little bit more. Uh, higher level in as far as allowing students to um, really think about uh, and construct ideas regarding the topics um, that we've just reviewed. 
Um, I don't know if it's it's specific to uh, chemistry, uh, if it's easier in uh, types of courses that lend themselves to more discussion and more uh, the formation of opinion and uh, possibly argument. But it's uh, it's something that I struggle with, and it's it's something that I hope to get more comfortable with as far as being able to provide that for the students. So, Emily, I want to jump back on the on the topic of the professor. So, my question is, what is the role of the of the teacher in in a community of inquiry model or or in in the approach that you all have taken? Um, I think a, a lot of a lot of people have approached online learning as build it. And then step away and because because we have everything in place, you know, you, you can build your whole class from top to bottom, every every piece of content, every every uh, activity, every assignment, all of that can be added in from the beginning. So and you can even make it so that it's timed or or predicated on having completed a, a previous topic. So some faculty approach online learning as being, I build it and then I don't have to do anything except enter grades. But that's not, that's, that's not what real good online learning is about. So in, in your mind and in, in the work that you all have have done, what is the role of, of the professor? What do they do? Uh, that's a great question. So, yeah, I do think having, um, I think it's an opportunity to be able to construct most of the course in advance, because then, like I said earlier, you can be really intentional about scaffolding pieces towards the goals you have for students. But I, I think obviously it's important to be engaged day to day as well, especially in things like discussions um, to be giving feedback constantly to students so that they feel affirmed in, in what they're um, or corrected, you know, if there are mistakes mm. in, in the knowledge construct constructing. And um, just to bring it back to LaSalle, uh, one of the things that I, I find so interesting is that he conceived of the teachers as elder siblings, as brothers, right? He didn't want a clerical order. These are not, they weren't meant to be fathers or parental figures, we could say, mm -hmm. to the students, but rather brothers, older brothers, elder siblings, we could say today, right, who are engaged in um, guiding and the students bringing them along with them um but it's it's not a paternalistic or kind of authoritarian model it's it's we're right there with you if you think about the kind of the familial model of an elder sibling rather than a, a mother or a father um that's how he envisioned the person of the teacher and the the teacher was meant to be motivated by ultimately what are full values of of love and service to others and and i think that's really important today you know we um if we just kind of set up the course and then ignore it that that's not love right for your students love requires relationship and it requires an ongoing um, connection that's that happens over and over again it's not just a one-time thing so 
while I, I really appreciate, especially right now, the flexibility that online asynchronous teaching gives me um, in current circumstances, it's, uh, it, it is still kind of a, a daily or weekly check in with the students to, to, so they know that, you know, I'm, I'm still with them. Right. I haven't forgotten about them. I still That's love right. them. Yeah. And Emily, I, I really, I really like that you brought in this concept of love. And I think if there's anything, both through asynchronous, because a lot of um, the communication that happens between the teacher and professor, not only is in the discussion board, but in emails. And I know sometimes those can be very personal um, and, and finding out, particularly during COVID, what is going on in uh, our students' lives. I don't think as professors, we've thought as much about our students' lives beyond academia as much as we have during this. Um, and, and particularly with the introduction of synchronous, that's that's been a little new. It wasn't really part of our original model, I think, when we started out with uh, launching online, and it's it's certainly become part of that. And, you know, Emily, as we've seen your, your lovely cat come in and out of the screen, um, there's this part of, um, ourselves that we bring like we're we're even maybe sometimes we don't want to be bringing parts of ourselves our children come into the screen and our students their children their pets all these things um that we're really um i, I feel like learning about each other as student and teacher in ways that maybe didn't happen in the classroom and and so it can be where i think we're seeing where it can be very personal right now So we're we're getting close to the to the end of our time together. Now I want to give give you each um, an opportunity to address the more practical. You've been practical, but let's let's really drill it home. And Lorraine, I'd like for you to jump in on this as well because your experience as the the student success person really comes into play because you are fully on that student side. So. Uh, how do we how do we make this a really practical application what is it that you would like uh, your colleagues um, emily and, and tony what would you like your colleagues um, to take away from from what we do for cdi specifically where it comes to online and then lorraine how would how would the students be most impacted by the faculty presence in the online classroom. So, Emily and, and Tony, um, how how would you make this a really practical application? How would you design your class, so to speak, so that it emphasizes uh, these pieces of the Lasallian model and 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 all of that put together? Well, I think um, when you go through. And I think the folks at CDI have done an, a fantastic job with the online faculty training, with the um, online course development uh, courses that us as faculty have access to. I think we truly get a sense that we can still make the courses our own, just like we bring in a face-to-face -face content uh, context. We bring our own personality. We can bring our own style to the classroom. That isn't lost. It doesn't have to be lost. That's in, right. And um, in an online, even an asynchronous format. Um, so I think the biggest piece of advice, at least if I was, and this is one reason why um, 
the paper that we wrote uh, was necessary because we had to give some sort of rationale for what it is we were doing or what it is we were attempting to uh, explain. But I, I, I would, I would at least calm the fears of a new educator or even an educator who's simply just new to uh, the online format. And I, I love this quote, and I remember it from nearly 25 years ago from Brother Ernest Miller, um, that the education that we're pursuing or trying to provide our students has to be both uh, effective and effective. So we're trying to produce both of those uh, outcomes that we are uh, able to provide the students with the appropriate level of content and understanding that our course provides, but also allow them to go through the transformational process of learning and um, becoming a different person than they that they were before uh, the course took place. Good. Yeah. Thanks. And I'll just add to that. I'm I'm so grateful for the CDI team. I have relied on y'all a lot at times, and and uh, um, one of the things Sal recognized was the the need to create a community of teachers mm -hmm. and the need for ongoing training and and professional development and support for the teachers. And I think that's what y'all have provided for us. That you know the tools we need, the training we need, and and the community support as teachers. Um, we hear this phrase a lot together and by association, right? But this is really what it means is that we are a community of teachers right. and we support one another. And I've, I've been really grateful for CDI support. Um, and then the, the kind of practical takeaway I, I would say for other faculty is that you can be really creative with online courses. There's, there's a lot of high impact teaching practices that you can still incorporate. Um, and just to give a couple examples, uh, I teach an introductory world religions course. And in the past, in person, I've always had group project site visits, right? Go visit a temple and give a class presentation on that. And then when we went, when everybody moved online in spring of 2020, I thought, I have to drop this, right? And I can, there's no way I can send students out into the community safely. But by the fall, I realized all these religious communities have moved their services online. And if anything, that makes it easier for students to just drop in, you know, to a Facebook live post or um, a YouTube service and, and do the same assignment virtually. And those have turned out really well. I mean, it's, it's, it's more accessible for students. They're less intimidated and, um, and they've written some really amazing papers and, uh, you know, so things like that, like you can, it gives you the opportunity to rethink assignments to, to be creative and still engage in these kind of high impact teaching practices, even in a different format. <laughs> And I just, I just wanted to, to bring in, um, because I had been a professor before and had taught online many years ago, but received no training. Uh, and my teaching looked like that. It, I, I, it was terrible. It was a bad experience for me. I'm positive it was for my students. Um, and I thought I was a really good teacher in person, but um, I hadn't been trained. So, it, you know, I think any institution that wants to have uh, an online program that is, is either Lasallian in nature or student centered, 
um, is that training is is really important and and I think as you as you both have mentioned this community of uh, professors working together, helping each other solve problems, sharing best practices, and we've seen that in some of the town halls that we've had. Um, I attended, and, and we're hoping to attend more um, school meetings where uh, professors are really talking about some of the things that are difficult or challenging and the wins um, and really learning from each other. And so um, I think that's that's really at the heart of being able to do online teaching well is not only having training, but having professors as peers um, working with each other and, and helping each other. And, um, I think that that makes all the difference for the students as well. And I just wanted to note as an online student success specialist that, you know, the main thing, the main uh, problem we always see and also the main, the, their most positive feedbacks are always about communication with professors. So students are most frustrated when they can't connect with their uh, professor, either because they're not being responsive on email or they don't feel like they're involved in the discussions and they're most happy when their professors are communicating with them and they feel connected to them um, and they still they do really feel that online and it and it makes it makes the class um, it is transformative um, when they can connect with their professor well our time has come to a close Emily Tony and Lorreen this was an inspiring conversation and it makes me even more confident that not only is it possible, but it is our duty to bring this distinctive tradition to every aspect of online learning. So for my co-host and for the rest of the CDI team, I am Dale Hale. Thank you all for being here. And we hope you'll continue with us on this journey as we seek to bring the LaSallean way online.